We are on Yevamos Tzadi Omer Aleph 90A, and we are continuing with our discussion about cases where it seems as though the rabbis institute a law that goes against the biblical halacha, the biblical law. And so the Gemara is trying to figure out, is this actually true? Does it ever apply? When would it apply? And so it's going through a few different cases. So as by way of introduction for the next case, which we will deal with, uh, we will be discussing uh, various laws of truma. Truma, again, is the uh, produce that is given to the Kohen. A non-Kohen gives a certain amount of his produce uh, to a Kohen, and it has a certain level of holiness uh, associated with it. Uh, only a Kohen is allowed to eat truma. And in addition to that, um, they're only allowed to eat truma in a state of purity. They have to be pure. And the truma itself also has to be pure. It cannot con- come in contact with anything which is impure, such as a dead body. Uh, many different examples of other examples of things which are impure, which transfer over impurity. And so the truma, the produce itself, cannot be impure. Um, in terms of... Uh, how much with the value? Let's get into the value of truma versus non-truma. So non-truma uh, definitely costs more because there's more demand. Only a tru- only a coin is allowed to eat truma. Anybody could eat non-truma, which is referred to as chulin. Chulin is something which means uh, non-holy, meaning it's it's not designated for a coin, and so anybody could eat it. So that's worth more. Um, additionally. Truma tahora, truma which is tahor, which is pure. So that is definitely worth more than truma which is impure. Because truma which is impure, there's very little that you could do with it. You cannot eat it and you would have to burn it. You have to burn it. And so therefore it's worth significantly less than truma which is tahor. However, if you have non-truma, which is... So non-truma, i.e. chulin, it's referred to as chulin, which anybody is allowed to eat, but it, let's say that becomes impure. So if that becomes impure, so then it, it, it does lower its value because it's impure, but a non-Kohen is still, you're, you're still allowed to eat it. A Kohen could also eat it. It's a question about becoming impure, uh, but you're allowed to eat it. And so therefore, it uh, has a lower level, a lower value than uh, chulin, than regular food, which is pure, uh, but it still has significant value. Let's say on the same level as truma, which is pure. So it could be that truma, which is pure, is viewed as the same as uh, non-truma, which is regular food, regular produce, which is impure. And that which has the lowest value is truma, which is impure, because there you really can't do you can do very little with it. You can burn it, but you're not allowed to eat it. You can't eat that produce, and so therefore it has a very low value. Okay, that is... Introduction number one with regards to the value. Introduction number two, which is also very ne- very much necessary to understand before we begin the Gemara, is that what happens if you have somebody who is not a Kohen? They go ahead and they eat truma. They eat truma. So they end up eating truma, which is designated for the Kohen. So what happens? If they do it unintentionally, if they do it by accident, they eat, they didn't realize that this was truma and they eat the produce. So then the Torah tells us that uh, they have to pay uh, the amount that they that they ate and an additional fifth. They have to pay the amount that they ate and an additional fifth. 
And they pay that by giving, they have to give specifically produce to pay back the produce that they ate. That produce that they give automatically becomes truma. It automatically becomes truma when they do it unintentionally, when they do it by accident. Okay? So they have to give back in produce uh, what, they, what they took, what they ate, and an additional fifth, um, and automatically becomes truma. That's if it's done by accident. If it's done intentionally, so then they just have to pay back that which they, they stole, essentially. They don't have to pay back an additional fifth. Also, it doesn't turn into truma. Um, it doesn't turn into truma. Only if one does it by accident does it turn, does it turn into truma. If it's, if it's on purpose, so then it does not turn into truma. And they are also obligated and what's referred to as Misa Bidei Shemaim. They get the death penalty. By the heavenly courts, they get the death penalty. Um, not by us, not by the judicial courts, but by the heavenly courts, they are deserving of the death penalty. If they do it intentionally. If they do it intentionally. But it doesn't, when they pay back, it does not turn into truma. Okay. With that being said, let's get into the case. Tashma. We have the following brysa. Um, the Gemara is going to explain, or they're going to quote the Brisa in one way. We're going to have a certain question on the way that it was taught, and then we're going to therefore explain it a second way. Um, the, based on the second way of understanding the Brisa, which is how the Gemara concludes, so the Gemara is going to return back to our original question, which is about the fact that the rabbis, whether or not the rabbis could institute a law, which goes against the Biblical halacha, the Torah law. So the case is achal truma tmeya mishan chulun tahorin shilim chulun tmeim. So then we'll see. But essentially, a person they didn't, they didn't just eat truma; they ate truma which was impure. A person, a, a non kohen, ate truma uh, which was uh, which was impure. Um, so th- they do have to pay back again truma which is impure. Even a kohen is not allowed to eat, uh, but uh, somebody ate it. So the way they pay back is that they pay back with, uh, says the Bryson now, they pay back with regular produce, which is pure. That's how they're supposed to pay back, with pure produce. Even though they ate impure produce, they have to pay back with pure produce, which is definitely worth more um, because it turns then as it, it turns into truma, um, assuming, again, they ate it accidentally. Our case here is where they ate it accidentally. Um, and so it turns into truma. Uh, however, if they pay back with chulin tmein, let's say they pay back with impure chulin, impure produce, so that impure produce then turns into truma because this was all done accidentally. Uh, they ate it accidentally, so it turns into truma, as we mentioned in the introduction. Now you are, you, so essentially you ate impure truma and you are now paying back with impure truma. So Sumchos Amr Mishim Rumer, we have the following dispute. What happens if you pay back with impure produce, which then turns into truma? So Rumer says, if you paid back with impure produce, Bishogeg, that was unintentional. So then Tashlum of Tashlumen. So then that works. It works uh, if you did it unintentionally. If you paid back unintentionally, you didn't realize that you were paying back with something which, which was impure. It works. But if you do amaze it, if you intentionally you pay back with impure produce, which then automatically, once you give it to the coin, it turns into truma. So, ain't tashlum of tashlumen. It does not work. Says Rameir that it does not work when you uh, when you pay back with impure produce, which then turns into impure truma, even though you ate impure truma. That's the position of Rameir. However, the Chachamim say, 
The, the rabbis, the majority, they say that, no, it always works, whether you did it by accident, pay back uh, in, with impure truma by accident, or you did it on purpose, it works, meaning it is truma, and it stays with the kawain. However, you have to take off truma again. You have to take off truma again, and then give them uh, produce, which is, in fact, pure. So it worked to have the status of truma, but you have to give them uh, more truma. You have to give them more produce, which then turns into truma. So the Gemara now asks, So the Gemara says, I don't understand. According to Rav Meir, even if you do it intentionally, why doesn't it work? Why doesn't it work? It should work. Why should it work? Uh, because even if you do it intentionally, you ate something which is impure. You ate shuma which is impure. You are now paying back with produce, which uh, it's true it's impure, uh, but you're you're giving a significant amount of the produce, which was uh, certainly it's worth more. The produce, which is uh, impure, because it's worth more than truma, which is impure, because truma, which is impure, all you could do is you have to burn it. Uh, when you give produce, which is impure, you could eat it, but you have to eat it in a state of impurity, or, or you become impure, but you could still eat it. So you're giving a significant amount. So that, why should you be penalized for that? What's the point of being penalized for that? You're, you're giving more. You're giving significantly more. You have intention to give more. So why should you be penalized uh, for that? So essentially, the Gemara is asking, how could it be that Rameir is saying that if you ate truma, which is impure, so then even if intentionally you uh, pay back with produce, which is impure, why should you be deserving of some sort of punishment that it's not viewed as truma? It should be viewed as truma. You're paying back exactly the same thing, if not more, of what you took, which was truma, which was impure. So based on this question, the Gemara now says, you know what? We have a different way of reading the Brisa. We really were missing something. Really, we were missing something in the Brisa, and this is what the Brisa meant to say. It's true. If you ate truma, which was impure... Um, so therefore, you have to you could pay back also with something which is impure. It doesn't make a difference. You could pay back uh, again. You ate it un- unintentionally by accident. That's something which is impure. So then you return produce, even if you return produce which is impure, and then it turns into the state into the status of truma. But you're paying back that which you took. That is that is clear according to this uh, final second explanation. Our whole discussion, the whole dispute between Rav Meir and the rabbis and the majority is as follows. If you ate Achal Truma Tahora, if you ate Truma which was pure, and you're allowed, the Kohen was, was supposed to be able to eat it, and it was pure, so then, Misham Cholon Tahora, and then ideally you should pay back also with produce which is pure, which is going to then turn into Truma, but if you ended up not giving pure produce, uh, you ended up giving Shilim Cholon Tameim, you end up giving impure produce, you give produce which is not pure, so then that's, then you're making the coin lose out because you took something which was pure, truma which is pure, you ate that, and now you're returning that back produce which is impure, which then automatically becomes truma, um, and that's truma which is impure, you're, you're, you're paying back something which has significantly lower value. Uh, so in that case, we have the following. If you did it by accident, in the end of the day, it works as truma. It doesn't work as truma if you did it by accident. But if you did it on purpose, intentionally, we will fine you. 
We, the rabbis, as we'll get back to in a second, will find you and say, It does not work in the sense that we take it away from the Kohen. We take it away from the Kohen. That which you gave to the Kohen does not belong to the Kohen. However, the Chacham say, No. The Chacham argue, the majority argue, and they say that, No, that which you gave stays with the Kohen. It stays completely with the Kohen. You have to give again. But it stays with the Kohen, even if you did it intentionally. It still stays with the Kohen. So the Gemara asks, I don't understand. According to Sumchus, according to the first opinion, according to Rav Meir, who says that there's a distinction whether or not you did it on purpose or not. If you did it by accident, it works. If you did it on purpose, then we, will, we the rabbis, will create some sort of fine to say that no, return, the Kohen has to return that which he took. Uh, it's not really viewed as truma, and you have to give again. The Gemara says, I don't understand. Uh, so the Gemara asks, I understand, how do, how do the rabbis have the right to do this? How could they say that it doesn't belong to the Kohen, we're going to fine, we're going to put some sort of penalty down and say that which you gave to the Kohen doesn't really belong to the Kohen. On a biblical level, it does belong to the Kohen. The Kohen could go ahead and take this money and essentially get married with this money. He could use it as a ring. Uh, to, to, to get married to somebody and on a biblical level. It belongs to the Kohen. And the rabbis are going to tell me that it doesn't belong to the Kohen? How could the rabbis go ahead and tell me that it doesn't belong to the Kohen? On a biblical level, it belongs to the Kohen. The rabbis are going to say, no, if you gave it intentionally impure produce, which then becomes impure truma, it doesn't work. You're going to tell me that it doesn't work and it doesn't belong to the Kohen. On a biblical level, it does belong to the Kohen and the Kohen can use it to get married. So how could you tell me that? The rabbis are going to say, no, uh, it doesn't belong to the Kohen. <laughs> they're, they're essentially going to say that somebody, the coin went and got married with somebody based on based on this uh, produce, and, and the rabbis are going to say, no, they're not viewed as married. How could you say such a thing? How, how could the rabbis go against the Torah? The Torah said that it, it, it does belong to the Kohen. So how could the rabbis now go ahead and say that the Truma does not belong to the Kohen? Uh, so this is the big question. So the Gemara says, based on this, the Gemara says the following. My ain't tashlum of tashlum de ka'ama or mayor Really, Rameyer meant to say that it, it stays with the Kohen. We were wrong in how we understood Rameyer. Rameyer really holds it could stay with the Kohen, just like the majority said it could stay with the Kohen. Really, it could stay with the Kohen. Everybody agrees. We follow the biblical law that it stays with the Kohen. It does work. Uh, what did they mean that it didn't work? They meant that you would have to give it again. It stays with the Kohen, but you have to go ahead and give Truma again. The Gemara then asks, wait a minute, if, he, if, if Rameyer is saying it just means that you have to give Truma again, that's the same opinion as the majority. That's exactly what the majority said. The majority position, the Chachamim, they said, it works, it stays with the Kohen, but you have to give Truma again. And now you're telling me that Rameyer is saying the same thing. It works, and you have to give Truma again. So what are they arguing about? So, Really, what it's commonly to tell us is that the, the Rabbanon, the Chachamim, the majority are being even more stringent than Rav Meir. Rav Meir is of the position that if you do it by accident, it works. If you do it on purpose, it also works, but you have to give it again. The Rabbanon, the majority, is being more stringent and they're saying even if you do it by accident, it works, but you have to give it again. Even by accident, you have to give it again. Both by accident and on purpose is the same exact law, according to the majority position, according to the Chachamim. Which the law is that what that which you gave works. Everybody agrees that, that which you gave worked 
whether you do it by accident or you do it on purpose. The whole difference is if you do it by accident, even though that which you gave worked, according to your mayor, you did it by accident, that's all you have to give. The Chachamim, the majority, they argue, and they say that which you gave works. Everybody agrees to that. But you have to give again. You have to give again. Even if you did it by accident, you would have to give it again. You would have to give it again so that uh, so that you give it again, even if you did it by accident. If you did it on purpose, everybody agrees that that which you gave worked. And you, everybody agrees that if you, if you uh, intentionally you gave impure produce, so then you would have to give again if you did it intentionally. Um, but the point is, the main point is that this is an example. This, we thought that this was an example, uh, going back to Romero's case, that the rabbis declared a ruling which went against the biblical law. The biblical law says that it stays by the Kohen. We thought Romero was saying that it does not stay by the Kohen, that we take it away. We put a fine to say we take it away. And the Gemara concludes that no, uh, he never meant that. He, ne- he never meant that. And really, it always stays by the Kohen. Um, and all he meant was that it stays by the Kohen, but you have to give Truma again. And the difference between Rameir and the Chachamim is that the Chachamim say that you have to give again even if you did it accidentally. Rameir says you only have to give it again if uh, you gave the, the produce, which is impure, if you gave it by accident. Uh, sorry, on purpose. If you gave it by accident, so then you don't, do not have to give it again. Uh, but again, this is this is the whole reason why we're bringing this down is this was potentially a case where um, you uh, potentially a case where you went against the Torah. The rabbis gave a ruling which is against the Torah, but we see that in the end of the day they did not go against the Torah. They said that any time you give, even though you ate you gave, ate a truma which was pure, if you gave truma which was impure as the payment, or really produce which then turns into truma as the payment. Uh, so then the biblical law remains the same and it stays by the Kohen. It does stay by the Kohen. It's just that it, uh, depending on the scenario and depending on the position, you would have to give Truma again. Um, and that's the point of the Gemara. So we'll conclude here with this case and then we'll see the next case and other potential limitations to this idea of when it is that the rabbis, are they allowed to give a ruling which is against the Torah? We'll see that there are certain cases where they are allowed to go against the Torah in the next recording.